Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this dreadful, rainy, disgusting Monday evening here. Oh, excuse me. Uh, I just did the Kyle here and this dreadful Monday here in Connecticut. But we're here to brighten up your spirits. This is the Sports Cave. We are presented by Retro Sports Network, like it shows in the back of my head. Robbie Clark, Cogluli. Kyle, how's how's your Monday? Um, before you answer, I know it's going <clears> to... <throat> Uh, you know, just another long day of work. <laughs> well, this is an easy day of work. It just, it was almost was like too easy that it just like, or not busy enough where it just kind of just dragged on, but not bad though. We're just dragged on. Yeah. So, um, game one for the NBA has started. Most of the game one games. It's been reported about the news of Joel Embiid missing games one and two, and I believe he didn't travel with the team to Miami. But before we get everything to the NBA, we got to talk about this breaking news out of uh, the NFL. Let me just make sure that this is playing. Oh, we're playing. We're live. Where is everybody? I don't know. I don't know where these people are, but I'll tell you one thing I know. The Cardinals got some news today that they damn sure did not want to hear, and that is that DeAndre Hopkins... It's going to be out for six games to start the season, fulfilling the PED policy in the NFL. Let's just talk about everything that's happened in the, in the uh, NFC West since since the end of the Super Bowl and the Rams won it. The Rams, all they had to worry about was a drop between Aaron Donald, and Sean McVay, with reports from the media saying that Aaron Donald wants to be like a, a $30 million player number one, and number two, Sean McVay potentially leaving, uh, coaching the Rams to go pursue um, television. They're saying that he was going to be the highest paid guy on television um, to talk about the games going on as an analyst. Sean McVay quickly shot that down. I was like, hell no. And they also put in the sense, we're bringing Aaron back. It happened. That's the most they got out of the drama. Other than that, they trade Robert Woods which I think a lot of people forgot with this AJ Brown drama is that Robert Woods is a Tennessee Titan. So it's not yeah, like they, they I forgot about it. So, so it's not like they, they completely, you know, screwed themselves. Essentially they have Robert Woods now to be determined. Robert Woods is going to be because he is coming off an ACL injury. And when will he come back? That's number one. Number two, the San Francisco 49ers drama. What, what was going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo? It was just about a guarantee that he was going to get traded after the NFC uh, championship game. You saw him and um, I believe John Lynch or the owner of the 49ers. It was one of the two giving Jimmy G a hug. And at the end of the game, basically it looked like it was the sign or farewell. Hasn't been traded. Then Debo Samuel requested a trade. Didn't get traded during the draft. So now we wonder what's going to happen with Debo Samuel. The Seattle Seahawks, they basically went started all over again. No more Russell Wilson. Bobby Wagner was gone. Pete Carroll's still there. Drew Locke is their quarterback. It's just a mess right now in Seattle. Essentially, it's just a shit show. And now the Arizona Cardinals. Chase Edmonds went to the Miami Dolphins. DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for six games. It kind of makes sense now, Kyle, because maybe this is something that they knew was going to happen. Because let's be honest. The Marquise Hollywood Brown trade came out as forget right field, forget left left field. That came from fucking center field at Polo Grounds, four hundred and eighty feet away. Like, 
what what what's going on here? And now it all makes sense. How big of a loss is this going to be for the Cardinals? And my next question I'm going to ask you, and I'll follow up after you, is how crucial is the starting quarterback decision for the 49ers going to be in the upcoming season? On DeAndre Hopkins, I think that it's massively important and could just doom them from almost the get-go because he is top two, three wide receiver to me when he's fully healthy. And him and that Kyler Murray connection is amazing. I do think that they knew at least that there was potential for this to happen. And that's why they made the Hollywood Brown trade. But I also think they did it because they lost Christian Kirk. Andy Isabella hasn't fully panned out really. And I think he might've like asked for a trade, but it looks like he potentially could be on the outs. So Really, who was their other receiver other than J- AJ Green or Zach Ertz, essentially? Yeah, so it's like you still need a, another wide receiver, and Hollywood Brown in that offense could be amazing. But uh, Kyler losing Hopkins, that's just that's bad because you need to try to keep up with the Rams as best as humanly possible and try to battle for a wild card spot as best as humanly possible. Mm. And I have no idea how you're going to do that without DeAndre Hopkins. It just, What's- like I said, seems like they're doomed. Do you remember the one key departure they had in their defense? Um, my God. Oh, my God. Um, you're going to be so pissed if you say. You're going to be so pissed if you. Oh, it's the JJ? No, JJ no, JJ's still Hassan, there, I believe. I I'm trying to think. Is it Hassan Reddick? No. No, he left. Oh, he left like a year or two. You're going to feel like but, an asshole. <laughs> yeah. But, one ooh. last guess. One last oh. guess. One last guess. I have, I cannot think of Chandler no. Jones. Mm. Chandler Jones is a Las Vegas Raider. Yeah. They lost Chandler Jones. So now you're getting whatever you get left of, of uh, JJ Watt, which isn't much. And I, I don't know if a if JJ Watt is on the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if he signed a two year or one year deal. Um, I can look it up once I finish this point, because the part that you didn't answer, and I'm going to answer it for everybody is that the 49ers are still uncertain about trade lands and how, and how bad is that for the 49ers? They traded up for this guy. And if, and a lot of the, the reports show that they were really, really, really interested in Mac Jones. And a lot of the people said that Mac Jones is the most NFL ready quarterback coming out of the draft. But, Kyle, how many times have we heard that? You know what I mean? We heard that Sam yeah. Darnold shouldn't have been absolutely mortal locked the number one pick in the draft. And Sam Darnold, you know, you know what I mean? So they say it's NFL ready. It, it all depends on what you see and what you like. All right. Mac Jones, obviously, is way better than Sam Darnold. But my point being is just because they're NFL ready doesn't mean that it's like, you know, next next elite yeah. quarterback tier one caliber player. I mean, Russell Wilson's a third round pick and he's tier two tier one. Pick your poison, essentially. Um, so if this is still a project with Trey Lance, Jimmy G played most of the the season with the shoulder injury, clearly. All right. And is Jimmy G the expectations that we all expected to be? No, but Jimmy G led them to an NFC championship game last season after at one point, it looked like it was all said and done. You remember how much I was preaching that Kyle Shanahan should get fired. Jimmy G brought him all the way back to a wild card slot and to the NFC Championship game, and people still hate on the man, which I don't understand. Is Jimmy G 
Tom Brady? Is he Aaron Rodgers? Is he that elite caliber quarterback? Absolutely not. But you know what Jimmy G is? He's one of the top quarterbacks at game management. And you also have to give a shit ton of respect to Kyle Shahan's offensive offensive schemes. The way he was able to utilize Debo Samuel, because Debo Samuel was clearly the biggest part on that offense. The way George Kittle still got his touches. Six-round pick Eli Mitchell, looking like one of the best fantasy running backs in the league, essentially. And still and how finding they used Trent Williams in motion too. Trent is- Williams, and, and they still were able to manage to use Brandon Ayuk. And if you ask me, Kyle, I hope Ayuk goes absolutely insane because I have his RPA sitting right there. And if that goes to a thousand dollars, I'm selling that some bitch as fast as I can. Um, yeah. If you ask me, this is a big loss for the Arizona Cardinals, significant. And if I'm the 49ers at this point. You have to do what's best at your quarterback position because at this point, it was a three-way battle between the Rams, the 49ers, and the Arizona Cardinals. And if you don't see enough from Trey Lance, don't force it. You're trying to win a championship. Remember, Jimmy G was one throw away in the Super Bowl and a fourth, another fourth quarter breakdown by Kyle Shanahan. True, true. I do think that it really does look bad like you mentioned on Trey Lance because at this point it's like I think we all knew he was going to sit most if not all of the first year barring like a catastrophic injury to mm-hmm. Jimmy G so and then I think this was the year that everyone thought you know he would take over I just also think that maybe they put setting a price tag on Jimmy G like a little too high because I wouldn't probably unless you are legitimately a quarterback away and that's all you need I probably wouldn't pay more than on like a fourth round pick probably for Jim G. It wouldn't surprise me if, from what I heard that they wanted like a second round pick, which is what they traded for to get Jimmy G back when everyone thought he was potentially like one of the next up and coming best when the Patriots traded him to the 49ers. So I also think it was kind of the, the potential price tag that they were setting was a little too, a little too high on Jimmy G. Fair point. But again, at this point, the Niners aren't looking to go nine and eight. They're not looking to go eight nine. They're not looking to go seven and ten. And Jimmy G has won them a ton of football games, and it's shown throughout. You know how many times he's been injured. We understand the injury bug, and they've had a bunch of backup quarterbacks. We've seen C.J. Mullins, I believe his name is, and we've seen. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you the rest of the bastards' names. Oh, excuse me. I shouldn't be calling them C- the bastards. C.J. Like, Bethard. It's Bethard and Nick Mullins. Was it Nick Mullins? I think it was Nick Mullins. So I had the names backwards, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a, it's a really tough situation for the 49ers and they have to figure out to capitalize with the significant loss of Deandre Hopkins and Chandler Jones for these Arizona Cardinals in the upcoming season. And again, just in case people forgot, there's no Christian Kirk. He he's the reason why, um, Tyree Kill and Devontae Ames got the money that they got because at one point he was the highest paid receiver, getting almost, I think, 25 mil a year for, from the Jaguars. He got paid, and after that, it was Devontae, it was Tyree Kill, and that's what Debo's looking to get. In the yeah. NFC West, I'll tell you one thing. The Seahawks understand that they're rebuilding. The Cardinals and the 49ers have a ton of problems going into the season, and the Rams are sitting comfortably. And let's not forget who they brought in, Kyle. They brought in two great players. Do you remember? I know one of the ones I know right off the top of my head was Bobby Wagner. And who was the other one? Oh, my God. Again, I'm going to feel like an ass. 
Oh, um, Allen Robinson. Yes. Yes. The Rams are sitting very comfortable right now. Yeah, that's that team is good lord. They are just loaded. And then if Cam Akers really comes back fully healthy and really becomes Cam Akers again, good luck facing the Rams. No doubt. Um, let's recap the NFL draft. I think you and I are probably on the same page. I don't know. Maybe the biggest loser of the draft is the New England Patriots. Although they did trade to get that speedy receiver out of uh, Baylor. They did draft another running back, which really wasn't necessarily a need for the Patriots. I mean, you already got Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, James White should be coming back. I don't think it was a necessary um, pick to make. But the offensive lineman in the first round that a lot of people were looking to have third, fourth round talent, that's a little concerning. Yeah, I don't know what the hell they were thinking with that. Like, watching watching that draft pick, I was at over a friend's house, and I was getting late because that good Lord, that first round felt like it was just dragging on for days. And mm-hmm. then they trade back, and I was like, okay, leave, go. Went, headed home, and the Patriots draft pick's coming up, and I'm waiting in the one – position I didn't want unless it was like one of those few high like highly ranked prospects that we knew were gone by by like the middle of the first round I did not want an offensive lineman I thought maybe one of the top uh, wide receivers that they were there if not like a linebacker corner maybe a safety depending on who was there I didn't really say just a corner or a linebacker and then it said offensive lineman I'm like what the fuck and then Cole Strange comes up, and I'm like, okay, like if it's a name that I really don't recognize, like I'm like, you know, I try to look at like some stuff and see how you know what people rejecting him, and just you know, see people that really, really do their homework on like most people on the draft. Mm-hmm. The first thing that was a uh, kind of a, a red flag to me was that ESPN had no highlights of him. No matter who they are in like the first or second round, it seems like most times they at least have a couple of highlights or something. They had nothing on this guy it was like okay Patriots draft offensive lineman Cole Strange okay now the Chiefs pick (laughs) and it was just like I saw that and I'm just thinking what the hell like you traded Shaq Mason to the uh, Buccaneers for a fifth round pick who wasn't on that bad of a deal and then you draft this guy it's like I don't understand that worth a damn about what the hell was going on now the wide receiver that they drafted uh, Tyquan Thornton from Baylor I'm excited about the potential of that because he is 6'2". They said he runs pretty good routes. 4.29 speed. Yeah, He has very – they said he yards. has a good, good hands. He's a good hand catcher. doesn't try to catch it with his body, which receivers can re- can you know can be a problem for a receiver if they do that. And like you said, he's very fast. It was unofficially the fastest 40-yard dash time originally, and then it got switched when it was became official to the 4 Four two eight four two nine, which is still fast. That's faster forty yard dash time than Tyreek Hill ran at the combine or whatever his pro day, whatever it was. Take that for what it's worth. So I like that traffic. I'm like, okay, I wanted some speed at wide receiver. I'm like, okay. The only thing is, even with that, he's what behind Nelson Aguilar. He's behind uh, Devontae Kendrick Parker, Bourne. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby, Jacoby Myers. Myers. And then throw on top of it, they're two tight ends. So at best, just strictly wide receivers, he's going to be wide receiver probably four, maybe five, depending on how much they really want to play Nelson Aguilar. So it's going to be interesting to see how much he's going to play. But then also that the corner that they drafted in the third round, Marcus Jones, I don't know if he saw or like looked up anything about him. 
I love seeing the NFL comparisons about playing. I think that he really gives me a good idea of what they are. And it said his NFL comparison was Dante Hall as a returner. And I'm thinking, yeah. okay, yeah. I saw that. And I'm like, okay, I, I like that. We know Belichick loves the special teams. And I feel like they can really add some explosiveness at the kick return and punt return game. I love that. Which like, they okay. essentially haven't had since Cordell Patterson. Absolutely. Like had like a couple of returns, but he's nothing yeah. special. Yeah, it seemed like he had a good uh, – like some good speed to him too. So I'm like, okay, I like that pick. And then that uh, the it was like the fourth round pick where they drafted a running back. And I'm like, okay, like I don't think we really needed one. And I looked at – again, looked some stuff up on him. It seemed like he's a very explosive runner. is known for big plays, and he's a good pass catcher. I'm like, okay, well, there you go. There's your James White replacement in like a year or something like that. Or James White gets hurt again. So I saw that. I'm like, okay, I'm not that upset about the pick. Just to me, the biggest nuisance and just pain in the ass pick was that Cole Strange pick. I think they could have done so much better with that pick. That I just do not understand at all. That just genuinely pissed me off. Kyle, we're old as hell now. I'm sorry yeah. to completely change topic, but I'm, I got the Leafs game on, on TV because NHL playoffs are underway, and I want to once again thank Zach for coming on, and Zach definitely contributed. We got a ton of viewers Absolutely. for Saturday's episode. Zach, thank you. I love you, brother. And I hope you enjoyed this game. Yes, Marcus. Yeah. But uh, what I was trying to say is why we're old. Steve Levy and John Brutegrass, they got gray hair like hell, man. That's how you know we're old. Oh, yeah, God damn. But um, I'm really interested with the Patriots. Um, The draft wasn't the way that we would want it, obviously. What can they do with this offensive line? Because essentially, it seems like they want to try to replace Shaq Mason. That's number one. Hold on. I got to do the Kyle. Excuse me. I, I'm really gassy today. I don't know why. Um, that's number one. Number two, like like he listed with all the receivers and the tight ends, I really want to see how they're going to utilize Janu Smith. I feel like he was not used to his full potential. I love the connection that Mac Jones and Hunter Henry have. And Hunter Henry was healthy for a whole season, probably for the first time in his career. That was absolutely huge. We saw what Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson could do. The issue going to be forward is their secondary. And linebackers. (laughs) But the linebackers are not going to be as athletic, but they're going to make the tackles when needed. That's for sure. I, I still just don't think they have the linebackers right now to beat Buffalo. Their linebackers are no. too slow to keep up with Buffalo. It's just yes. like you needed speed. I mean, hopefully Mac Wilson, who they picked up, can do something. Or maybe if you play more of a, you know, like three safeties, because you can play um, Kyle Duggar, uh, Jabril Peppers, who they picked up, uh, Adrian Phillips. It's just, I, it's not the, like, once I like thought about the first round pick, I wasn't as annoyed when I it first happened, but I'm still like, I just feel like you could have done better. You, you needed, I feel like you needed a linebacker. And then the thing is with them drafting two running backs, I mean, you can essentially probably kiss Damian Harris goodbye after this season. It's his last year of his deal, of his yeah, deal, yeah, which yeah. I don't understand why you wouldn't want to try to keep him around. Unless he wa- really wants to, like, outrageous. Me- but even still, like it's still to have the good, one two combos. So That's why like, they drafted just, that uh, running back because they understood what you're saying. They everything that you're saying is the reason why they drafted a running back. 
Uh, so we drafted but you know what? We can talk about the Patriots for me. hours, Kyle. We can talk about the Patriots mm. for hours. We understand that they aren't the best of winners in this draft, but let's talk about probably the biggest winner, the New York Jets. God damn it, the Jets finally did something right. And I know right now I told my buddy Steve, I said, Steve, we're going to be talking about the Jets on the show. He's like, you're goddamn right. They're, you're going to be. They're the GOATs. And that's why I told him, Steve, shut the fuck up. But let's talk about the Jets. Ahmad Sauce Garner fell right into their hands. When it looked like the Texans were going to take him, they didn't, and he fell right into the lap. And that is such a significant addition to their squad when you take consideration if the Jets want to – oh, my God, I almost fell backwards. If the Jets really want to get something going on the defensive side, they got to take the best player for their secondary. They have to. All right? You still have Quentin Williams up top. Who is the guy from Cincinnati that they had – going into the training camps, and then he tore his Achilles. Lawson. Carl Lawson, Quentin Williams, you still got those guys. Um, now you got somebody, so when you face Stephon Diggs, when you face Tyreek Hill, when you face Jalen Waddle, when you face whoever is going to be the number one option for the Patriots, you have that lockdown guy, and you can hear the excitement in Rob Sala's voice when you just hear, Sauce! And you know what? He has every right to get hyped. His first draft essentially were Defense was the main focus. That was clearly what the Jets really, really, really lacked with the defensive head coach. Their defense was atrocious. They got rid of Marcus May, who was basically a cancer in the locker room. And now they bring in Sauce Gardner and the 25th pick, which they traded for. They drafted Jermaine Johnson, who at one point was, you know, looking to be the number one pick in the draft. They got him all the way to 25, so he fell into the lap. And then the wide receiver, they got Garrett Wilson. And I'm almost certain that they were really, really, really hoping to get Drake London because then they had that red zone threat. The guy is 6'5 with great hands and body. But that pick of Garrett Wilson, we'll see how that all pans out. Yeah, the Jets draft was was amazing. I was kind of surprised that the Texans took Derek Stingley that high yes. because he was kind of coming off of it. He was great injury, in 2019. But, he was yeah. fantastic. Missed 2020 because of COVID. And from that point forward, he, he wasn't yeah. what he once was expected to be. And prior to him being in college, because I heard all the, the stories, I watched the draft. He was guarding up people like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase when he was in high school and locking them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of seems like after the national championship, maybe he was just got a little too full of himself. And now you go to a team like the Texans where it's a complete, you know, essentially disaster. I don't I don't know what we're going to see out of the Texans. Yeah, and some uh, the other draft picks that I that I really, really liked. I mean, the Giants getting Evan O'Neill. That, I, I was going to get I was going to get into smart. that. But yeah, if you like, ask me between the two thing. New York teams who had the better draft for me, it's the Jets. Oh, yeah. Evan Neal, Evan Neal is, he wasn't the best tackle, but he was the one that was available. And let's be honest, we can look at that and say, oh, look, they drafted a great offensive line. They've been drafting great offensive linemen for years. Last year, Andrew Thomas got booed. And look at how great he played in the 2021-22 season. He was fantastic. Meanwhile, you got other players like Eric Flowers, who they drafted, stunk, went to Miami, became really good, was almost a Pro Bowl um, lineman brought in Nate Solder, former Patriots, and all of a sudden he forgot to play football. Until I see more than just um, Andrew Thomas pan out as a guard, as a tackle, as a center, I refuse to say that 
you know, the Giants won the draft. Kayvon Thibodeau is very questionable. A lot of teams tr- were questionable about how much love he has for the game of football. Some people thought that he was lazy. Keyshawn Johnson, 98-7. I will always listen to Keyshawn Johnson, man, when it comes to football, because the man just knows. He really does just know. And he questions the heart that Kayvon Thibodeau has. And that's going to be a big issue. Absolutely. You're not definitely not wrong, but that's th- some of the, the good, the really good draft picks. I think it was smart for the Lions to move up to get Jameson Williams from uh, Bama because he has, if he's healthy and when he gets healthy, to me, he is an amazing wide receiver and could have battled yeah. when, if he was healthy for the draft, to be the number one receiver taken. I like also like that pick 14 for the Ravens, Kyle Hamilton. Very, very good safety. He didn't test the greatest. His 40-yard dash, I guess, was a little bit slower than what people were originally anticipating. So I think that's why he dropped a little bit. But going to the Ravens, you know, their history of defense, very, very good, good pickup. And then I think I like the Steelers getting Kenny Pickett, too, in the first round, 20. They needed to get a quarterback, getting the pit guy. I think it was a it was a very very good pickup, and then also the Ravens getting um Tyler Linden Lindenbaum needs to pronounce name from Iowa. People were thinking he was the best center, thinking of him really good. Get a very good young center with Lamar Jackson. I feel like right there, it's it's a home run. So and then there were some other interesting draft picks later on where it was the um oh my god the quarterback from Liberty that I just cannot come up with his name Malik Wills. Yeah, Malik Wills. Thank you. Yep. The one the Titans ended up drafting him. Seems very interesting. You know, that is very interesting potential next season, maybe two years down the line. So and then the Titans got their also in the first round, Titans got their replacement for hopefully for AJ Brown. Uh Traylon Burks, who his if I'm not mistaken, it was his uh NFL comparison was AJ Brown with more wiggle on NFL.com, which I've <laughs> uh, to me I just find funny that you know obviously they trade him. AJ Brown and then draft this guy, but it was a very, very, very fun draft though. I love that. It was just the, I mean, receiver eighth receiver, not or sorry, offensive lineman ninth and then receiver, receiver, receiver. And then the only uh, pick I feel like was not the only, but one of the picks I feel like was kind of questionable though, was the Eagles drafting the defensive tackle from Georgia, Jordan Davis. He's a monster, like in the run game, he's a, just a big guy, but there is some times where when the patch rush, he just kind of packs it in. Uh, sorry, some high, of the highlights when it was uh, during the draft. So that was interesting. It has potential with Fletcher Cox, you know, probably more on the, his career trending, you know, down to the end of it. But overall, it was a fun, very fun, exciting draft. Though. Well, you got to take consideration to the Eagles. Did some that a lot of people, I think, were completely shocked by when they trade for A.J. Brown. And essentially... Two things is going to happen here with the Eagles. Number one, they're a hot commodity now because they have Miles Sanders, because they have A.J. Brown, because they have Dallas Goddard, because they have Devontae Smith. We're talking about a team that looked like they were on the downhill and they're on the uprise. Number two, because they're a hot commodity. If Jalen Hurts isn't the guy, let's be honest, one of the main reasons that they made the playoffs last season was how easy their schedule was toward the end. They faced a lot of bad teams, and it, and it certainly helps when you face the Giants and the Commanders. That's four games right there. All right, and we'll see if they can capitalize off against the Cowboys because if they can win six games in their division and win a couple out-of-conference games, they're a playoff team. They most certainly are. 
Darius Slay resurrected from the dead. And um, a lot of people really question this coach. And once he started using Miles Sanders, they started figuring it out. At this point, it's in Jalen Hurts' court. Listen, we thought Carson Wentz was the guy. Uh, he wasn't. We took you in the third round. Let's go. Look at all these weapons. We got you here. You got a good offensive line. You could scramble. You got a great tight end. You got a great receiver, a great running back, a solid defense. It's on you. Yep. Yep. Because if he just plays bad, you can potentially, you know, get one of the top two quarterbacks uh, next year with CJ Stroud and um, the guy from Bama. Bryce Young. Yeah, Bryce Young. Thank you. You watch college football more neat, more than no, me. I, I, had the, I had the I had the last the last name Young in my head. I had Tavon Young, who used to be a wake up, Kyle. Wake up. But, <laughs> and then the, it's just interesting because they're you know one running back, two tight end, two wide receiver package is going to be pretty damn tough to stop. If you have Miles Sanders, both those tight ends, like you said, Goddard. Sorry, excuse me, with yeah, not both tight ends with Goddard, and then whoever the hell the other guys, but then AJ sure. Brown. And then um, Devontae Smith, it's just it's just big time potential for the Eagles. And with what the Cowboys moved on from and lost in the offseason, that division Cooper, could be up for the taking. Yeah. All right, Cooper, Lyle Collins, um, Lyle Collins Randy um, Gregory. Thank you. I was going to say Demarcus Lawrence. I almost had it mixed up. Uh, Randy Gregory, Jalen Smith, they decided to move on from, and he didn't do that well with the Packers. That's besides the point. And if you see me staring like this, it's because the Leafs game's on right now. Tampa Bay's in a power play, so I'm a little nervous right now. Oh, boy. All right. Um, yeah, so essentially that that basically ends the discussion for the NFL. Um, and I just did get an update from ESPN that Mets manager Buck Showalter has been suspended for one game as well as the pitcher. It just went away on me. It literally just went away. I mean, that sucks. Or did it? There we go. Mets MLB suspends Buck Showalter one game. Yoan Lopez three for intentionally throwing at Phillies Kyle Schwarber on Sunday. Let me get this straight. So after Lindor got hit, and that's the 20th hit by pitch for the Mets in MLB. Buck Showalter and the pitcher gets suspended. I watched the game, Kyle. I actually watched Sunday Night Baseball. It was pretty damn good. And honestly, that was a hell of a game to watch between the Phillies and the Mets. There was absolutely no need for this. And if you ask me, MLB did this backwards. They did this so backwards. They've been hit 20 fucking times. And Lindor's been hit in the face as well as Pete Alonzo. Are you kidding me? Get your shit together, dude. Ron Manfred is a clown. He's an asshole. He's a clown. What a, what a jerk. What an absolute jerk. I think it was the absolute wrong decision, but honestly, if it's going to do anything for the Mets, it's just going to fuel the fire. You'd hope so. <laughs> if, if it doesn't, if that doesn't fuel the fire, then there's something wrong with you. But other Mets news is that they designated Robinson Cano. He's no longer a Met, and Steve Cohen is going to have to eat up the $40 million that was left on his contract between this year and next year. Essentially, Uncle Stevie, unlike the Wilpons, the former owners, isn't afraid to eat the money. Uh, it was reported that the front office went up to him and said, "This is the, these are the two options we have. Am, am I coming out of my microphone or my webcam? No, you're coming out of your mic. 
Okay, beautiful. Because the dis- when it's orange, it gets me worried. Um, it came down to two people, Dominic Smith and Robinson Cano. Robinson Cano is batting below 200. The Mendoza line, he's batting below it, and his OPS isn't high. Dominic Smith yesterday went four for four. Dominic Smith could play in multiple positions and is young, and he could still work with him. Robinson Cano is at the end of his career, 39 years old, and you really have to question how much the PDs really helped his performance throughout his career because at this point, he's batting below 200. OPS is low, and Steve Cohen said, I guess I'm just going to eat it up because essentially he, he could pull all the change from the ass train his car. Sure. He ain't wrong. That man loaded. Yes. Well, Robinson Cano, where will he go? And you're not going to hear me say, I hope he comes back to the Yankees because the last thing we need is a 39 year old and yeah. all that drama, with the PED usage, that's the last thing we necessarily need. If you ask me, I would take Brett Gardner back or Robinson Cano in a heartbeat. Brett Gardner can play all three positions in the outfield. He hustles, and he's got that grit. Robinson Cano is lazy down the line, and if he's not hitting a home run, you're not getting much effort out of him. He's not what he once was defensively. True, and on top of that, if you know Brett Gardner was on the team, if you needed someone to pinch run and Tim LeCastro wasn't available, Brett Gardner's not a bad bad player to have on the team either. Plus, where it's could, also just the culture, too. He helps the culture. Where should Robinson Cano go? That, that, that's a very tough answer. Um, I don't know why, but just the first team that comes to my head is the Miami Marlins. That's the first thing that comes to my head, and I don't think it's going to happen. But it just like feels like, you know, he's, I believe, Dominican, down south, Miami. Maybe could teach these young guys some things. That, that's the only thing I can think of for the reason why you can see Robinson Cano as a Marlon. Other than that, I think it might have ran its course in MLB. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to take on that 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 um, possible PED usage of guy. Oh, yeah. You know, it's going to be a big-time problem. You know, for him, it's going to be a big red flag on his, you know, on his resume for his Hall of Fame resume. Because we know him. every time. Yeah, because we know every time you even potentially thought of as messing with PEDs, let alone actually being suspended for it. I mean, it almost just completely sinks your chances. Whatever his chances were, probably completely zero at this point. 100%. Um, let's talk about the Yankees. Nine in a row. They're facing... Uh, he's not going to Tampa Bay. No way. Um, nine in a row. Facing Toronto tonight. Jordan Montgomery on the hill. The Yankees looking to win 10 games in a row. Wow. You want to talk about taking advantage of the competition. They swept the Guardians. They swept the Orioles. And they just finished the sweep of the Kansas City Royals in a game they were down 3 nothing. I told Plouffe, who I think is watching right now, I said, this game's over. We lost. The Yankees came back and won it. This team has athleticism. They got contact hitters. And as long as Judge performs the way Judge should, then they stand a damn good chance. Rizzo and Stanton. Stanton's going to take a while. We know how Stanton gets. Once it comes to July and August, that's when Stanton really starts to heat up. So I think we understand now, as Yankee fans, for the last couple seasons since we have Stanton, that's when he heats up. So he doesn't deserve to get booed neither. Because let's not forget, he was one of those people that carried us to the playoffs last season and went three for four. And if there wasn't a 30-foot wall in fucking Boston, the score could have been a lot different. Yeah, that. But I think I said before, but that first hit that he had in the, in the, in the wild card game, Game, that was one of the loudest hits I've ever heard. That was ridiculous. Because you attended but, it. You you would understand. Yeah, you attended it. Yeah. Um, 
Absolutely. So but. I got to give a lot of credit. Honestly, I have to give credit to Aaron Boone. Why am I giving credit to Aaron Boone? I think Aaron Boone is finally starting to realize how to be a manager. And what really picked up for me was the, the first series that they played against Boston this year. Chapman was on the hill. He struggled. He immediately threw Michael King out there. Michael King got the job done. There's no time for patience. The time is now. You have the Toronto Blue Jays who on paper look like they are the better team. If you want to win this division, you have to play every game like it is your last. No exceptions. Absolutely. You're not, you're not wrong at all. And it's, I really do like that there are multiple people that are good in the bullpen. Like if you want to go with Michael King, he seems absolutely amazing right now. It's a, I, I love that we're seeing a guy that we can just go to. Hey, we need a stopper. You know, when our team has momentum, put him in. Clay Holmes, you can put him in. Even though Chapman hasn't really, I don't think he has he even given up a run yet. So far, it's like it looks damn close every time. Michael like, King saved his ass. Yeah, like to me, it's kind of like the way he's pitching so far this season reminds me of like uh, Francisco Rodriguez, where he would always get so close to giving up a run, but somehow managed to pull it out or get, you know, we'll use term bailed out, you know, by another pitcher or his defense. But I just I love that we're how the bullpen is i like that severino seems like he's kind of trending upwards to potentially being very good garrett cole starting to get it going nesta cortez is i i really like nesta cortez holy him, shit him on him on r2c two podcast was i, 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 I listened listen to that. that yeah yeah it is it is amazing and then if you know jordan montgomery james jameson tyone can you know give you some more we can actually also give montgomery maybe some damn run support for you know, the once in his career that'd be nice but I, I like that. And the contact hitters, like we both were saying, they needed contact hitting to help improve this team. That's what they got. And it's helping out. It's like, thank you. Like, this is what I envisioned this team playing like this since, you know, they've, you know, that 2017 season, like just good baseball. They're running the base fast. They're playing more fundamentally instead of just going for the home run or the strikeout. Yes. And it's like, thank you. Finally. Even you've seen Stanton's taking that approach because now there was a an at bat I saw they played him upright, no shift. Yeah, which you would never have done that with Stanton last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you completely played him to shift to the right side. But I, I just, I love it. it's like thank you. This is what I, this is what I wanted because I was, you know, I'm still very worried about the Blue Jays. But I, the way the Yankees have started off, I feel much, much better about the how much they can match up with the Blue Jays. Uh-oh. It looks like Clifford might be getting ejected. Hopefully not. He, I mean, he uh, had an unnecessary boarding. Ooh. Yeah, there's oh. a no, no score in the Bruins game. <laughs> no score yet? Yeah, that's, um, why, that's why I kept looking down. If you see me doing that, it was... No, I, I noticed first, it. I mean, we got, our, we got our hockey teams. <laughs> we got our hockey teams. I mean, it is what it is. So if you see me looking over here, it's because I got a little peek on the Leafs lightning game. You got the Bruins. And who are the Bruins facing again? Uh, Carolina. Carolina. Um, yeah. Do you have your MLB winners? Yeah, I got it right here. Let's load it up. I'll let you go first. I'll let you uh, talk your MLB standing winners and the award winners. Okay, so I'll start with the AL East. I had the Blue Jays winning that. I still, I think the Yankees are uh, closing the gap on them. But right now I have the Blue Jays winning the AL East with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Bobochet really needs to pick it up because he's kind of sucked. (laughs) 
at the beginning of it. But if he can really pick it up and just the that whole team, I think they will win the AFC or the AFC, yeah, the AL East, and the Yankees will be close on the heels, but will win the wild card or a wild card. What did they score? Oh, I thought they did. I thought mm. they did. Five Train. minute power play for Tampa Bay for that hit I was telling you about. Oh God! Good and, luck. With yeah, so they almost that. scored. That would have been crazy. Mm. Go on. I'm sorry. Uh, Oh, good. Then I think I have the Twins winning uh, the Hit AL. Hit the post! <laughs> oh, my God! Wow! <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Oh, good. I have the, tw- uh, the Twins winning the AL Central. I have the Angels winning the AL West because I think, you know, Trout can be healthy. Him and Otani will be able to carry them to the division win in the AL East. West. Yeah, AL West, sorry. My bad. And then in the NL, in the NL East, I have the Mets. I think it's kind of just, they're just loaded with potential, like with the potential of how talented they are and how good they're playing now without Jacob DeGrom. You can come back, be healthy, be any close percentage of Jacob DeGrom. They're going to be tough. I think the Brewers in the NL Central, I think with Corbin Burns, if he can build on his season last year, Christian Yelich can become more of Christian Yelich. I think I have I have them winning it, although I think we'll be close, but I have them winning the NL Central. And then I think the NL West, to me, is kind of pretty pretty obvious to me. Dodgers. I mean, it's the Dodgers. They're just loaded up on talent. Good Lord. Pick a – try to find a spot where there's a hole. Mm-hmm. Good luck. So mm-hmm. that's my the, – the standings. Your wild card teams? No, wild card, I have – it's three. It's three per per. Uh, okay. Excuse me. No, go ahead. Sorry, I have a burp coming on. <laughs> I I seen that. <laughs> See that happened at a very inopportune time. <laughs> but I think with the I have the Yankees uh, being one of the of the wild card teams because said the Blue Jays being so good. I think the Yankees are going to be damn good. It's just they're not going to be able to close the gap. I think they'll probably end up losing it by like I don't know. I'd say maybe. Two, like two, three games, but my thing is just taking forever to load. <sighs> give me a quick second while this takes forever in a day. Did they almost give up a goal? <laughs> no, they almost scored one again with the power play against them. Good Lord. And it's a five-minute power play, you said, right? Yeah, there's two minutes, 20 seconds left in the power play. Nice, uh, but do you want me to go? or, it's or... Taken for... Yeah, it's taking forever to load this Got right, so okay. the AL yeah, go ahead. for the AL, I could tell you're lagging because I could see it like with your face right now that you're lagging. Now it's fine. Now it's fine. Yeah, it loaded. Now it finally decided to load. Go yeah. for it. Go for yeah. it. Go for it. Go for it. Yep. So okay, I'll also go with the so the Yankees. I'll go with uh, Tampa as the as two of the wild card winners. Then I'm gonna go with the Mariners sneaking in, sneaking in as the as the third wild card winner. I think. Oh. Astros will like just lose out on, but I think the Mariners because Julio Rodriguez and everything. I just think that they'll sneak in as the last wild card team for the AL. <laughs> you definitely didn't mean to, and I'll listen back on this, but I'm pretty sure instead of Astros, you said assholes. <laughs> I might have. It just comes up the tongue naturally, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You're not. You know how I am with that. Good lord. What about your NL wild card teams? There we go. Fine. Yeah, this internet. Fun. So, okay, for the NL, I think I'll have uh, 
the Cards being a wild card team. Cardinals. I think the yep the Cardinals being a wild card team have the Braves as a wild card team, and then the Giants as the wild card team. So I think those are my three for the NL, three for the AL. All right. Yeah, my standings, I have the Toronto Blue Jays winning the AL East, um, and that could all change. You know, the Yankees look really impressed right now, but it's really early on the season. And if Yankees can outdo the Blue Jays and win the AL East, it's strictly be because the Blue the Blue Jays' bullpen is very, very questionable. They have a great starting rotation with Alec Monea, um, Jose Barrios, Hyjin Ryu when they get him back. Kevin Gosman, former Giant, they have four tremendous starters in the rotation. And can Nate Pearson ever figure it out? He's supposed to be this highly ranked prospect that was supposed to be their next stud. He, he came up last year. He struggled. We'll see what happens to Nate Pearson. But for right now, like you said, Vladdy, Bobachet's off to a little bit of a slow start. That'll turn around really quick. The addition of Matt Chapman, George Springer is one of the best leadoff hitters in baseball. Ludarius, I think, Gurley L. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the girly L brothers they have in their squad as well. And when they get Teoscar Hernandez back, it's going to be a big addition wow. back in that blue Jays lineup. And as it pertains to, uh, the AL central, I got the Minnesota twins. I think they had a fantastic off season. They traded Donaldson, uh, an expiring contract to the Yankees. Who's panned out well for the Yankees. I believe he leads the league and walks that veteran player, that, that toughness, that grit, that's what the Yankees get. And in return, the Blue Jay, or excuse me, the Minnesota Twins get a great defensive player in Gio Rochelle who could play third and short if something is to happen to Carlos Correa and what's left to Gary Sanchez. We understand what he doesn't do defensively, but we know what he can do offensively when he gets the bat on the ball in the right spot. It felt like a lot of times last year watching Gary Sanchez, a lot of his hard hits just went into the glove. And Paul O'Neill said that throughout many a broadcast that he was a part of for the Yankee season. Also sure. the addition of Sonny gray to the rotation. Very, very important. And I hate that guy. <sighs> I believe there's 30 games over 500 and Byron Buxton is in the lineup. If he could stay healthy, it's going to be pivotal for this Minnesota twins team. Did I you have, see that walk-off home run that he had? Yes. Dude. Good Lord. Yes. I'm, Buxton's a beast. God, and then seeing that like came review from like one of the dugouts. Good lord, that moon what four fifty moonshot from Buxton ain't known for that level of power. He's, he's definitely known for power, but like you said, not that not that level of power. Yes, Steve, let's go Leaves. Bruins, Ew. fuck the Bruins, Bloof. Uh, <laughs> anyways, <our kids. laughs> um, Ale West. I also have Los Angeles Angels. I thought it was a very easy pick for me. I think Rendon is going to pick it back up to show that there's a reason why he gambled on himself leaving the Nationals for that money, and I think it'll pan out. I love that they decided to move on from Justin Upton. True. Excuse me. It clearly wasn't working out well, and you have this hot prospect in Joe Adele. You have to see what can go on. Trout's got to stay healthy. Jared Walsh, the first baseman, showed a lot of flashes last season, and I think he finished over 30 home runs. And then, of course, Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani, we know what he can do. Um, the Annalise. I had the Mets as well. Uncle Stevie used his deep pockets to spend, and right now 
they're the clear front runner, but then again, they were also the same way last season. So they got to continue all the way through throughout the season. NL Central, I have the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, I just got a better feeling about the Cardinals than I do about the Brewers. Because um, essentially on the Brewers, like you said, Yelich, but Yelich has been struggling hard. He's been struggling really, really bad this season. And that knee injury could have done a lot of damage to him. So hopefully he could figure it out because the game's better and Christian Yelich is smashing the ball. But the Brewers, the one thing they have in the Cardinals is their pitching is absolutely elite. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Devin Williams, Josh Hader in the bullpen. They are definitely elite at pitching. The hitting is what's going to have to pick up if they want not only win the division, be a World Series threat. The NL West, I have the Dodgers. Freddie Freeman was such a huge, huge, huge pickup for the Dodgers. And it probably pains him, but also doesn't pain him because I don't know how they feel about Trevor Bauer. But if they were to get Trevor Bauer back for the season, what a significant pickup that would have been. That would have been a huge pickup. Oh, Toronto's got a power play. That's a first. Um, And then my wildcard teams. In the AL, I have the New York Yankees. I have the Seattle Mariners for every reason, essentially. You said Julio Rodriguez is called up. Kyle Lewis is still looking to get healthy. They made a lot of additions during their offseason as well, bringing in Robbie Ray, bringing in Henry Suarez and Jesse Winker from the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Ty France has been balling out so far. Let's see how much he can sustain that. And the last one I have is Chicago White Sox. Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, Michael Kopech, uh, Liam Hendricks. Um, they still got those studs in Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, who is struck. Glaber Torres home run, home run to right Yankees up 2 nothing. Um, Jose Abreu, who is struggling, but won MVP two seasons ago. Luis Roberts. I mean, they have the talent. Yes, Monty Grandal, they have the talent. They have the manager. Slow start. We'll see what happens. My NL wildcard teams. I have the Atlanta Braves. Um, look, they won the World Series last season without fucking Acuna. Like, come on. I, I can't discredit the Braves from not making the playoffs when they won a World Series without fucking Ronald Acuna Jr. And and who the hell is their pitcher? Mike Sorka. Like, come on. Uh, and, and they got better with their bullpen. Their bullpen got significantly better, and the only person they lost was Freddie Freeman, but they brought in Matt Olson. So it's not like there's that big void at first base. You brought in one of the best first baseman in baseball. A lot of people argue that is the best first baseman in baseball. The San Diego Padres, this time they're not going to fuck it up. They got Bob Melvin. They got a veteran a veteran head coach. They brought in Luke Voigt uh, to help with the power slot in the DH. And, of course, unfortunately, Luke Voigt's on the IL. Hopefully he gets back. Healthy and my last one, I have the brooms. Not bad. And do you have your awards, Kyle? Yes, I do. All right. You want to go first on this one since I went on the standing? No, I'll let you go first because I want to go through these comments here because people are okay. going crazy in these comments. <laughs> oh, God. What's going on with those? Well, it's not dad and Steve roasting each other, thankfully, but um, everybody's <laughs> talking hockey in here. Yes. <laughs> nice. Okay. So I'll start off with them. Um... AL MVP. I think uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. being AL MVP. I think that's one fairly obviously it was him and Shohei Otani for a long, long time at the uh, last season. Then I think at the end, Otani just went up that extra notch and ultimately won. And I think this year is Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s uh, year. Juan Soto, I think, will win in NL MVP. He's one of the best hitters in the league. He barely ever strikes out with which is what a lot of people are known for now. 
And I think he's going to try to, you know, carry the Nationals as far as humanly possible. I think the Cy, uh, Cy Young for the uh, NL, get that notification off my phone, The for the NL would, is going to be Corbin Burns. I think for the Yankees, when I originally wrote this down, had a Garrett Cole, when he hopefully can step up and start to pitch better, which I think he has chance to win. If he pitches like Garrett Cole, he can overcome that slow, slow, slow start and win it for a uh, manager of the year of uh, Charlie Montoya for the blue Jays. Cause I think the blue Jays said, we'll win the uh, AL East and that team loaded with talent. So, and then uh comeback play of the year. I have a uh, Ronald uh, Acuna jr. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah. Cause we know the, the level of talent he is coming off of that ACL injury. To me, it's either, I don't know, him or, him or, you know, like Mike Trout for that. But I feel, feel like it will be Acuna that will win that award. You got your rookie of the years too? Oh, actually, no. Go ahead with that. No, I that's it. all right. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. Um, My comeback player of the year, I think I'm going to surprise you with this one. Okay. Thor. Noah Syndergaard is going to win the comeback hmm. player of the year. Been out of the league for a while with an injury. When I value comeback of the year, obviously we know what Acuna is going to be. As we know, Mike Trout's going to be, which is hard for me to pick them as a comeback player of the year. But they are definitely listed the candidates. I mean, let's just talk about the players. Some of these players are listed for comeback player of the year. Noah Syndergaard, Mike Trout, Ronald Acuna Jr., Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger. There's a ton of players it, you can go on. There's a ton of players that can win this comeback player there. Alex Bregman from the Astros is another one. There's a ton of players, pitchers or hitters, that can win this award. But for me, it's going to be Noah Syndergaard. I think, and the reason why I didn't mention it with my division winners, is I think he's going to be a big, big piece. The one-two punch with Shohei Otani. They couldn't get out Dylan Bundy last season. I think they can get out of Noah Syndergaard. My rookie of the year's. I have Bobby Witt of the Kansas City Royals. He's the hottest prospect in baseball right now. He did go off to a slow start, but now he's on a nine-game hinge streak, and I don't know if he got 10 today. I think he got 10 today. 10-game hinge streak for the rookie. Can hit with power, can run, can hit with contact, play third base and shortstop, wherever you want to put him in the infield. He is going to be the Royals' future if they lock him up long-term, just like the Rays did with Wander Franco. My NL rookie, I have Joey Bart, the Giants. He's got a big, Big void to fill with the retirement of Buster Posey, but I think he's perfectly capable of doing so. My Cy Young Award winners, I have Garrett Cole, and I don't think it's I don't think it's a homer pick. The guy finished second last season, he hasn't won a Cy Young yet. You mean to tell me you don't think he's heard the critics and the crickets about his performance of the wild card game last season, how poor he's been for the first three starts this season, the last two starts he's been tremendous. My NL, I think, is going to shock you. Okay. I'm going to go with Logan Webb of the San Francisco Giants. The slider-splitter combination, in my eyes, the way I see it, almost reminds me of Roger Clemens. It's that that's elite. High, that's high remark. Very high praise, but it is huh. just that elite from what I've seen. You know, so Mandra- Bobby Webb did get a hit, by the way. Look that up. Uh, manager of the year, like you said, Charlie Montoya. I think the Blue Jays have the best record in baseball. And for the NL, Buck Showalter. The Mets are going to probably have the best record in the NL East and or baseball. Oh, forget the NL East. The NL in general and or baseball. My MVPs in the AL, I think Shohei Otani is going to run it back. Off to a slow start with the bat. 
but I think he's going to run it back. It's going to be very hard to dethrone that man because he could do both things so well. I think soon, though, I think after the season, a lot of the voters are going to say, well, can we see him play the field? You know what I mean? Because you can give – it's like – it's almost like what you could do in the NBA with like Kevin Durant or LeBron James or in the NFL with Tom Brady, you know, you know what I mean? Because they're just so great, but at some point it's going to run its course, but I think he will win the MVP award this season. And in the NL, who'd you say you have for the NL for the MVP? All right. I had the burp again. You're good. You're good. Uh, the NL uh, MVP I have. Oh my God, this bleeping internet. <laughs> Just go ahead before I, I really lose my mind. Just say yours. <laughs> I think it will surprise some folks. Marcus, I hope okay. you're still here because I'm going with Matt Olson of the Atlanta Braves winning the MVP award. Why? Why Matt Olson, though? Like, well, why do you think? I think <sighs> Yankees fans knew what we what Matt Olson was because we've been attached to Matt Wilson since essentially the season ended prior to that. But I had Juan Soto finally decided to load. Yay. But everybody else in baseball I don't think got to see the true Matt Olson due to the fact of, you know, the Oakland A's fan base um true. diminishing. And by the way, I stand with the Ace fan base for what they're doing because there's a reason why that movie came out Moneyball. Because the yep. owners are eating that shit up. And the fans said, you're not getting our money anymore. Sell the team or, or start paying players. And you know what? Good for the fans. Fight for what you believe in. If they leave Oakland, you went down trying. True. You're not wrong on that at all. So I think we're going to see what Matt Olson could truly bring to the table. And that's why I have him as my National League MVP. Gold Glove Club, Caliper first baseman, can hit with power. Paper. He scored! Let's go! Let's go! Who scored? Oh, I missed who scored. I'm trying to see in the replay. I mean, they're just showing the crowd going absolutely crazy right now. What number is it? Uh, I, it, it hold on. Replays here. 65 to looks like 25 to number eight. Muzzin. Muzzin scored. Holy shit. What a slap shot from deep. Wow. That was a slap shot from deep territory. Nice fucking shot. Excuse my French. Let's go. Let's go. Hurricanes. The hell's wrong with you? I'll never root for the Hurricanes because as far as I'm concerned, they took away what we had left in Connecticut. Fuck the Hurricanes. Bring back the Whalers. Like I said, Kyle, if they brought back the Whalers, I would leave the Leafs in a heartbeat. If that makes me a bandwagon or a homer or a fraud, then good. I'm a fraud. I don't care. I want something in Connecticut. I love the Yard Goats. And if I went to a game where they're facing the Yankees double A, I root for the Yard Goats. Unless, of course, like Sand or Judge or like Rezo was there, you know what I mean? Then it's like, <laughs> fuck you. True. You're not but those were my reasonings prior to me yelling he scored why Matt Olson is going to win the uh, NL MVP. And for those of you who listen to the uh, podcast, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But we got it. Actually did, it actually did like cut out for a little bit when you were yelling. Like it lowered the volume for some reason. <laughs> Smart. Good job. You're doing your job finally. Good job, microphone. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's transition to the NBA very briefly, and then I'll do it for the show. Um, game one, the Celtics go down. I believe they scored under 90 points against the Bucks defense. They were three for 20 when shots were contested by Giannis and Brooke Lopez. 
Kyle, I watched the game, but this is your team. Would you like to further elaborate on what you saw from the Celtics that really disappointed uh, you in the outcome of the loss? Uh, you can go first because honestly, I did not see, I did not no. watch most of this game. No, I was at a festival with my dad. So ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, well, Boston was really, really, really settling for perimeter shots. I mean, Tatum shot six of eighteen from the field. Jalen Brown didn't do much better, if I remember quickly. Uh, they got the numbers here. Four for 13 for Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart got hurt a couple times in the game. A lot of Celtics fans held their breath at the end of the first half when he ran out holding his right arm, hurt his knee later on in the second half. He got banged up. Al Horford, four nine from three. He did he did proficient, but off the bench, they really didn't get much production. Grant Williams was uh two for six. Peyton Pritchard, two for eight. He he didn't shoot the ball well, and all the eight shots came from the three-point area. Robert Williams gave everything he could on the boards, but what really helped the Bucks was the performance by Giannis Antetokounmpo. He got a triple-double, although he was 9 of 25, but he was facilitating and dishing the ball out tremendously. Bobby Portis was big. Drew Holiday had 25 points. Brooke Lopez protected the perimeter or the interior very, very well. And Grayson Allen, Zach laughed at me. Grayson Allen, although he only scored 11 points, he played great defense, I told you. What is Grayson Allen going to do? He's going to knock down the three ball. I think this year was a career season for him for the three ball, but it's a matter of what he's going to do on defense and who he's going to hurt at some point in due time. I mean, Marcus Smart basically like, like cross-bodied him, and I wish he hit him a lot harder. I really <laughs> wish he did. But um, they'll make the necessary adjustments. A lot of times, too, they're pushing the pace for no necessary reason, too, which led to a Bucks 8 nothing run. Uduko called timeout where Steve Nash would have waited until it was a 15 nothing run because Steve Nash is a idiot. I frame myself from very vulgar words about Steve Nash. You know how I feel about Steve Nash, the head coach. Steve Nash, the player, one of the greatest point guards of all time. Anyways, <laughs> the Celtics really need game one. There's no Chris Middleton. They really had to capitalize, and they didn't. Oh, yeah. You're not, you're not wrong at all. And then the second game of the evening was the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies. Klay Thompson hit the go-ahead three, missed the two free throws that would have given a three-point lead. John Morant missed the game-winning layup. Draymond, Draymond Green gets ejected in the first half for a foul that was upgrade to a flagrant two, grabbing uh, Brandon Clark by the jersey, and the rest is history as the Golden State Warriors won 117 to 116. And boy, Kyle, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Are the Warriors really happy with Jordan Poole turned into? I Hell mean, yeah. I, Lord, Jordan Poole finished with 31 points coming off of the bench. And Gary Payton played some tremendous defense on John Morant. Steph Curry finished with 24. Jordan Poole finished with 31. Clay Thompson had 15, but a really crucial, crucial three towards the end of the game. He's that's. What we're going to get from Clay Thompson the rest of the way in the playoffs is going to dictate what's going to happen with the Warriors. Six of 19 from the field, three of 10 from three, missed two key free throws at the free throw line. I, I, I just hope that those two injuries didn't ruin what Clay Thompson was. I really, really do. True. Uh, when I, I saw that John Morant missed that layup and everything, it was just like, because mm, if, they, if they were able to steal game one, I think that would have done a lot for, for them, for Memphis. I think that that just might be like an ultimately just like just a killer for them. But 
I what did you think of the Draymond Green foul though? Did you? Think I didn't it, think it was worthy of a flagrant two. We've seen yeah. more malicious shit. The Duke yeah. was kicking people in the nuts. Like, come on. <laughs> I honestly think him grabbing the jersey was him trying to just like hold them up. Like when he saw like he kind of when he knocked it out, I think he was trying to grab his jersey and just like hold him as best as possible from him not really hitting the ground. That's honestly what I thought about it personally. But with the Celtics game, I saw it. Like I said, I saw. Barely any, barely any of it. But when I saw the end of the score at the first uh, quarter, I'm like, okay, not bad. And then it's kind of kept getting worse. And they just really never could close that gap. When it got to just over or just uh, into the single digits, it was okay. Bucks went on a run, and then it was kind of a, a rinse and repeat. And they probably ended up, you know, pushing it a little too much when, uh, you know, for the whole second half. But then I saw Marcus Smart got hurt because I saw on Twitter that he got hurt. And how he was holding it, and like kind of like you said, I was one of those fans where I'm like, oh shit, like how how bad is he hurt? And I saw he came back and was playing. I'm like, okay, it's at least it's not bad enough where he's out for the game. So I wonder how it would have been, you know, if he didn't play, you know, and all that would have been worse. Who knows? But I think it was a surprise playing the the Bucks. They they I think they got used to how the Nets played. Which is more of a. Of I told a, like you. What did I tell team? you and Zach? What did I tell you and Zach? Giannis is a different animal compared to Kevin Durant. He's a physical beast. Yep, I think it was the it's, the Nets are more of of a finesse team, and the Bucks, although can beat you a finesse, they got a lot of like you know brute force and strength. So, and I think maybe they were caught a little a little off guard and weren't really able to make adjustments as they needed to, but. Game one, it definitely did hurt though seeing them seeing them lose that game. That's for sure. Back to the Grizzlies and the Warriors thing. I looked at the box score and I said, "Where the hell is Stephen Adams? What the hell, Xavier Tillman starting? That makes sense why Brandon Clark was playing so many minutes." Stephen Adams, it was ruled out for game one. It is ruled also out for game two because of health and safety protocols. What a Big loss for the Grizzlies, and this could change the whole outcome of the series if Stephen Adams is going to miss significant time. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's not the news that Stephen Adams, the Grizzlies, and Steve Sabansky wants to hear. Isn't that right, Steve? I don't even know if he's in the chat right now. But the other way around for, for the Grizzlies, John Morant was 14 of 31, finished with um, 34 points. Jaron Jackson was big time. Uh, let's see how many blocks he had. Oh, only one. Jaron Jackson only had one block. I'm surprised about that. But he did have 33 points, 6 of 9 from the three-point area, 10 of 18 from the field goal, and 7 of 9 from the free throw line. It That's going to be the series to watch. That's most definitely going to be the series to watch is the Grizzlies and the Warriors. Might be the best series in the playoffs, to be honest. Yeah, a lot, lot of excitement, that's for sure, from the talent on both sides. Hmm. Two, and two game. Damn it. Joel Embiid's out for the first two games for the 76ers. They're down right now in Miami, 48 to 41, with 428 left in the game. Listen, Kyle. Yep. James Harden wants to have all this attention, right? James Harden is the best play. Now it's your time. How bad do you want it? And in, in the absence of Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey have also got to help out. Because let me tell you something. You get down 2-0 against the Heat, it's going to be a problem. They probably will finish it off. Sure. You're not wrong. And I, you saw, did you see the clip of uh, Joel Embiid saying he probably, like, 
what the injury ultimately got is that what he said in the interview after the game that he probably broke something and that's ultimately yeah. what, what, what happened. So that. that, yeah, that's just a huge, I mean, that's obviously a huge loss. What if not the MVP, he's number two mm-hmm. in the league. So you lose him, obviously big, big time loss. And like you said, James Harden wants to prove kind of the doubters wrong and everything. That's what you need. Show up, carry the team. When Joel and beads out, carry this team to victory and people will get off your back. Did you see what Jason Kidd said um, about the game plan for the Suns? I did not. They said it's going to be a whole lot different from the Jazz because they have a center who could score, unlike Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside. Ooh, shots fired. Shots. But not not wrong, no. Fired. No. And then there's been reports that the Jazz are either going to shop Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert, and Rudy Gobert said it's either me or him. Mm. Goodbye. I'd rather have a shooting guard who's got hell of athleticism, can shoot the three ball and play good defense. Rudy Gobert, congratulations. You're 7-2. You should be able to get a fucking rebound in a couple blocks. Like, come on. It's not even a question for me. Goodbye, Rudy Gobert. I'd rather keep Donovan Mitchell 10 times out of 10. Come on. That's not not even up for discussion because you could pay Hassan Whiteside 30 million less and get the same production. Yeah, most likely. You're not wrong about that. Oh, Christ. Yeah, why? <laughs> Steve. Steve said Stephen Abbs bigger impact than Joel Embiid. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I hate this dude. I really do. Spencer Dinwiddie, more production than Steph Curry. How about that? You want to play those games, Steve? Do you want to play those? Do you want to play those games, Steve? I'll play those games. <laughs> nice. I'm just letting you know that. Um, Next Monday is the last episode where I have freedom to speak as loudly as I want to. So I think a lot of viewers that are listening to the podcast, you know, when they swipe up and cancel because I'm loud and obnoxious, you know what I mean? Like they want to worry about that anymore. Yes, Marcus. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's the news essentially in the NBA. And other than that, uh, <laughs> dude, I love the pages on Facebook and Twitter. I, I really do fucking love them. It has been reported that the Lakers are going to hardly pursue Zach Levine for his upcoming free agency decision. Shut up. Dude, if I had a dollar for every time since I've been born here, the Lakers are going after the highest free agent, I'd be a rich man. I would have a very nice desktop computer. I wouldn't be doing it for my own bedroom, this show. I would have my own studio. We would have our own studio. You would be in the studio with me. We have our own studio. I'd be able to promote the shit out of this with all this money, put it on billboards, and be freaking loaded for the rest of my life and not have to worry about a Monday through Friday job and do this for the rest of my goddamn life, which, by the way, we could do this for the rest of our life. For those who are listening and haven't followed, follow us on Twitch, follow us on Spotify, follow us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, share it, help us out, and I'll help you out. I'll give you all hugs one day when I see you when I'm rich, you know, I'll be playing <laughs> private jets, all that, you know, help me, help me, help you, help me. You know what I'm saying? All right. Anyways, what the hell is I talking about? I don't know. You went on that little rant. I think it just went poof out my mind. Essentially. But um, game two tomorrow for the Celtics in the Bucks. Kyle, you worried? How, how, I mean, I think the Celtics got a little too complacent, essentially, after sweeping the Nets. It's not handed to them. Yeah, I think it's it's damn near do or die at this point. Because you go down 2-0 to Milwaukee, going into Milwaukee. Yeah, you're really you, you're really pushing pushing the limits though. I'll tell you I'll tell you one thing. Even if the Celtics lose in like five or six games, 
if they are to get like dominated by Milwaukee, let me tell you something. That looks really, really, really bad on Brooklyn. Really bad. True. Very because true. the second that the Celtics swept them, a lot of people are taking the Celtics to get out of the Eastern Conference. Let me tell you something. If the Bucks dominate the Celtics, it makes Brooklyn look really, really bad. True. You're not wrong because if they couldn't even win a game with the players of the caliber of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that, like you said, that looks bad. Very, very bad. Well, Bo Bichette has me seven fantasy points. He has an RBI and a double. Wow, Steve Max actually pitched pretty damn well. That's a first for my fantasy team. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, Kyle, any final thoughts? Go Bruins. They're playing right now. Yankees, well, keep keep going. Patriots, I don't know, just try not to piss me off till the season starts. <laughs> Will Robinson Cano find a team by the time we do a show on Saturday? Well, it looks like I'll be doing the show on Saturday. Prob- I'd, I'd say no. I feel like it's going to have to wait to uh, for an injury to happen f- to really get him to, to for him to sign somewhere. Because he said with that money, how bad he was playing, like what's like what would be the shining reason for a team to sign Robinson? Veteran presence, lefty bat. That that's essentially it. Because now let's not forget there's 30 teams with the DH slot. So it's not like it's like yeah. strictly American League. So there could be a team that just wants some, you know. He still wants to play baseball. He's definitely chasing after three thousand hits. True. Uh it just seems like it'd be at least that have to it would have to be an, an injury or uh, I guess maybe another yes. player be playing like crap or something yes. like that. Other yes. than that, I don't know why a team would really bring on Robinson Canal. And I think a lot of teams forgot too that Michael Conforto is still out there. Yeah. <laughs> why is he still there? Because he really bet on himself hard. I think the Mets are going to give him like 12 mil a year for like four seasons and he turned it down. If you say go Hurricanes one more time, I'm going to Florida. I'm smacking the shit out of you. No. Yeah, go Tampa. Fuck you, dude. Honestly, I told I told the boys, I told them, I said, I have nothing against the Celtics, but you make it so easy for me to root against these teams with the shit talker that you are. Haters going to hate. Oh, fuck you. But um, Kyle's going to be back with us next Monday. Um, we have con- conflicting schedules. I got a late softball game Thursday. He's got plans for Friday night. So Kyle will be back with us next Monday. So Kyle, when yes, I sir. talk to you, I will see you next Monday. And I want I you to, to be more. safe and have fun, whatever you're doing Friday night. That's my co-host, Kyle Glue, saying absolutely. I'm your host, Robbie Clark, who's been rambling on and on. Playoff hockey is <laughs> happening right now. I hope you enjoy the playoff hockey. I hope you enjoy the playoff basketball. I hope you enjoy baseball. And fuck the Celtics. <laughs>